Test, 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 test. Test, test, test. This is a test. I, I don't know what he says after that. Did you, can we play the test theme song here? What is he saying after He's, that part? I don't know. Just the t- word test over and over test, again? Test, test, test. Well, it's test, test. This is a test. And then... Is there words There's a there? remix where there's a rock... They got some band to come in and do it. It was right when WWE first started doing that, where they got rock bands to come in and cover. They got disturbed to do Stone Cold. Test. Test. This is test, a test. test. And then I don't. I I could give you my best impression of what I think they're saying. Good. I could, now I'm embarrassed to say what it is. It's I, it's not words. As a kid, because this how I don't know how old I was when this happened. It sounded like they were saying ruba dope, ruba diba diba dope dink. Those are not words though. But I mean like, but sometimes just, as I said, disturbed is stone cold. They did a lot of lyrics where there weren't those weren't words. They wrote something down, but those weren't words. Anyway, we're nerds of the square circle. That was our test. 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 I miss test. Test. Uh, go follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Sorry about this podcast being late and us missing last week. Yeah, sorry about that. Um, the flu has been going around all around us. It's an epidemic, apparently. Yeah, it really is. So, like, so my wife's been sick for like off and on for a month. Um, some of my kids have been sick. You've been sick. I got sick a few, like back before Christmas. Which I thought was the flu because it was what was going around, mm-hmm. even though apparently I've never had the flu because then I just got the flu, and that is the worst thing. Yeah, I don't think I've ever I had the flu. I wouldn't wish that upon my worst enemy. It's terrible. It, because it's an infection, it feels like your body is being pulled out of its body. That's weird. That's the best way I can explain it. Okay. Like, you don't want, your body's trying to check out so it can repair itself. It feels like a blur. You know, like when they draw the flash in the comics and... You see, like, 12 of him to nice. explain why there's that he's moving really fast. It feels like that. So that's what we missed last week. This is the first podcast Sam's ever missed in the whole entire year. Yeah. So we'll give him an excuse. If I make everyone after that for six months, does that expunge this one? Yeah. Is that how that works? I think so. Okay. Uh, like I said, go follow us on Facebook, Twitter. Uh, go leave us a review on iTunes. We are officially a podcast network on iTunes, too. Awesome. Um, so you can actually go to our podcast network page. You can follow all the other podcasts in the network or to subscribe to the network as a whole. Um, and you can get all the podcasts right on your iPad, iPhone, Apple device. The other or- ones are pretty good. This is the best one, but the other ones are okay, I guess. Um, I think they're all equally good. I have to say that. Yeah, but this one's like rivals Chris Jericho's. I'm going to go ahead and say it. Is that is that... That's that's pretty high praise. That's pretty. That's I patting myself on the back. I should probably take that take that back. No, no. Own it. Is that it's out there? Yeah, own it. We're the best podcast out there. That's right. wrestling podcast. Wrestling podcast. No, no Rest, best, best podcast. Podcasts. What is the matter with you? <laughs> uh, so anyway, we've been pretty busy with wrestling stuff though. You, we haven't been together in a couple of weeks. God, I guess as I was worn out between Wrestle Kingdom and the Wildcat show, yeah, then so I got sick and then have just been passed we went out to for a week. the Wildcat show two weeks ago. Yeah. Week and a half ago, two weeks ago. Uh, good. It was awesome. It was a great show. Um, Hardcore Holly was there. Uh, Badass Billy Gunn was there. Mm-hmm. Surprised by Shane Taylor. I loved up. that, too. There was. It felt like a crazy show. The The, the Revolution Rumble was good. I'm not going to take anything away from it. But this show felt like, I guess, what I thought the previous show would have felt like in terms of epicness and kind of feeling like there's a lot of momentum going forward right the the revolution rubble felt like a kind of a year-end show which i guess is what it's supposed, supposed to, this, to be but this felt like a really good year start bang a lot of uh build toward the 
WrestleCon show in New Orleans for WrestleMania mm-hmm. weekend. Uh, Stevie Richards and Jay Spade had a street fight, which was or a awesome. hardcore match hardcore, where they used to, extreme uh, no extreme rules, extreme rules. Um, as uh, Stevie Richards have you corrected ever, everybody. Yeah. Did you ever see? Have you ever seen someone get beaten up with a Nintendo? No, that's the first time. That was pretty great. That was the first time, and that was a fan in the audience. Yeah, I thought that that was that, part yeah. of it. Yeah. I heard that because you went with your daughter, right? Yeah, so. I brought my daughter and one of my other friends that hasn't been to a wrestling show since '85. Yeah. So, the uh, but uh, from what I heard, she turned to Emily at some point and said, "Do you think that there's going to be that they're going to put somebody in the basket? Because being in Extreme Rules, they had to have a shopping cart filled with weapons, and of course, Jay Spade put Stevie Richards in the. Mm-hmm. So, was that your favorite match of the show? I really liked the the four way tag match. For yeah, whatever it was reason. awesome. I thought, the, um, I thought the, dramat- the drama of that felt palpable for whatever it reason. Did. I think that was my favorite match, the tag match. And yeah. then the three-way was Hardcore Holly, Matt Lancey, and um, Badass Billy Gunn was pretty good, too. Yeah. So, And then Shane Taylor showing up was kind of awesome. Yeah. So that was kind of the highlight for me. But a few days before um, the Wildcat show, of course, we had the wrestling event of the year. It's too early. No, wrestling I think event that of the year. The wrestling event of the year, Wrestle Kingdom twelve, New Japan. It's a. It is the wrestling event of the year so far. It feels like a weird. The Royal Rumble is in January. Wrestle Kingdom's in January. It's hard to. It feels like a cop out to say the best part of the year for the year is at the very beginning. It feels like that should be the end of. I've, I always thought of Wrestle Kingdom as the way like it's the, the end of ends. like 2017. Yeah. Yeah, well, you're wrong by a calendar. Right. Yeah, that's fair. It's 2018. Time is arbitrary. So anyway, they had New Japan. Um, what is reality? Uh, New Japan Pro Wrestling, Wrestle Kingdom 12. We did predictions on it in the last podcast. Uh, me and Sam sucked. We did terrible. We both did terrible. I you did, did less you terrible. Did, you did terrible. I did horrible. Yeah, I won the belt. I'm the new Congratulations. Champion. Yes, yes. Golf clap for Chris. Uh, so I am the new champion, so I'll lose the belt in two weeks again. Predictions for, champion. Yeah, for the Royal Rumble, I'm sure. For the Royal but, Rumble. Uh, but, but at the moment, I suck less at the predictions, but I've never, even if I would have lost, I would have been happy losing mm-hmm. to this event. It was a very good show. It it feels weird. So we were supposed, we did the show predicting and we we put the podcast out as soon as possible, which was the same day as the show. Yeah. And then we are doing this show, which was supposed to be last week had to be delayed because of the flu yeah it feels like wrestle kingdom was so far away ago yeah it feels like it was yeah. such a long time ago and i was thinking whether or not it was worth reviewing the show or talking about the show not just for continuity because of us mentioning the predictions before but it as you said it is maybe the best one of the biggest shows of the year it, even it, if we put this video out six months from now talking about wrestle kingdom 12 arguably that's not an issue, and I don't think you could say that about WWE. Like sometimes when, like if we did a sh- if we did a if we started talking right now about tables, ladders, and chairs from 2017 with the Shield reunion kind of thing mm-hmm. like that, it would feel very. I feel like even as a listener, arbitrarily, you know, like objectively listening to, you, I would go, "Why are you guys talking about that? Who cares? That was that was last ago. year." Yeah, but there's something about wrestle kingdom 12 that i think puts it on par with wrestlemania in the sense that it feels so monumental that it it it's a moment in time that you can talk about it just like last year wrestle kingdom 11 people are still talking about still Kenny talking omega about versus okada and this show was just as as strong it didn't have 
a five plus star rated match on it according to dave Meltzer. but i don't think that that means anything that it didn't live up to its hype i think that it was a great solid show but i think that's a testament to new japan because people often lament that it's not that people kind of build it up bigger than it is comparing it to wwe so what i'm gonna say is really bold okay it is my favorite wrestling event i have ever seen this pre this one that we this just this one right here wow even so, more than wrestle kingdom 11 so 11 had the benefit of uh, the, the the drawback of i didn't know anything okay at that time so i wasn't sure you weren't watching you, you, that was my first new japan event okay, was yeah. 11 yeah um i didn't know anybody i wasn't investing in anybody i was picking my guys as it was going on it's amazing how much that will affect something yeah the the awareness of the story because i would argue new japan is the least story driven yeah of the wrestling promotions that are so high you know of its peers wwe is all story driven mm-hmm New Japan feels very athletic based that you it's the best one to watch where you, you could watch it arguably without having any knowledge as you did last year with Wrestle Kingdom mm-hmm. 11 you still enjoyed it even though you didn't know any of the background stuff but that said it it's better obviously once you you so once you care get about in, the people. invested in it and you actually seek out the story that they do put out there yeah there is a deep story that goes in the New Japan mm-hmm. mostly through press conferences and vignettes and stuff like that it's not so much on the show they yeah. build the story in the in the matches. I'm pretty invested in New Japan now. Yeah, I watch every single event. I watch everything they put out. Japanese, you watch all the Japanese press conferences. All too, the Japanese press conferences. Well, I they have the, they have that. that YouTube channel where they have everything in English. Yeah, yeah, they do that now. So and that's awesome. They didn't do that like three months ago. Yeah. So, um, so watching this event and being invested in every single match and knowing who every single person is. This is the my favorite wrestling event I've ever seen. That's that really is high praise. I yeah. mean, it doesn't mean it's not true. Mm-hmm. Well, when the first wrestling show I ever saw that I felt was like a real show, I would I would watch Monday Night Raw and watch stuff on TV. And then once I kind of got into it because I knew some people that were into wrestling, and that's usually how most people get into anything. Somebody else you know likes something, and they sit you down and watch it. The blockbuster. God, how archaic Blockbuster. Is that? Blockbuster uh, had different wrestling tapes for rent. You could rent a pay-per-view on VHS tape from the Blockbuster. So the first like show, like pay-per-view show I watched was WrestleMania 2000, which they had, which was the had the famous triangle ladder match between the Hardys, the yeah. Dudley Boys, and Edge of Christian. All the other matches on that show are very passable. You know things. I think the op- the opening match is the Godfather and D'Lo Brown against the Big Boss Man and Bull Buchanan. Yes, it is. You know, actually, so, it is I, with ice with ice tea. Yeah, uh, I watched that not too long ago. Yeah. Actually, yeah. and it's a weird show. There aren't any singles matches other than that. Uh, the the Carrie Terry like bikini thing, mm-hmm, which is not. Mm-hmm. I would never call that a singles match. So it's a weird show, but I I was completely captivated and blown away by it with no story or knowledge or anything going into it and the standout match which is considered one of the best matches ever ever is the triangle ladder match blew me away and it was the first match like that of that i'd ever seen fast forward to a year later when with wrestlemania 17 they did tlc2 which i felt you know there was a SummerSlam tlc match in between but from wrestlemania to wrestlemania the difference I remember thinking the TLC two was so much better and how much of that 
really was accounted for the fact that I had been watching before and had been watching everything come since. But then so much of why I'm invested in it, it has to do with how strong the match that I saw the previous year was. Like, would you, you, you say that you really like Kenny Omega and the Young Bucks and does a lot of that account for the strong showing that they put on at Wrestle Kingdom 11 compared to watching them perform in Wrestle Kingdom 12. Like you say, I'm saying it because you, you mentioned the story-driven aspect of it, but then you also kind of cemented yourself as a fan just on the quality of the wrestling, mm-hmm. which I, I think is an underappreciated... It, it seems like a silly thing to say. We, you know, we're doing a wrestling podcast. Obviously, we're big wrestling fans that we want good wrestling quality, but wrestling has always kind of been built on story, on the build, you know, the idea of hulk hogan versus andre the giant and who could win and not the match quality of randy savage Let's versus put it, Ricky put Steamboat. it this way I, I i don't think it was it's one of omega one of my favorite omega matches i don't think it's his best or anything what, like the, that. the jericho match, the jericho from this match. Year? Yeah. yeah but down the line cody is my favorite match from cody's ever put on okay. was it bushi uh it's my favorite marty scroll match it's the best I think he's ever looked. You're just naming off all of the yeah, the, like the, the matches, the, the matches that from Wrestle Kingdom twelve. The um, the, the Young Bucks. Okay, yeah. This is my favorite match from them. So you got all pretty much all my favorite wrestlers at the moment having to me my favorite matches of their career. See, that's I, I I'm not saying that I don't I would argue against that, but I I didn't like the. Young Bucks match this year as much really? as I liked their match last year. What was their match last year? They against was against Rapungi uh, Vice. Oh yeah, that's right. With yeah, yeah. Rocky, Rocky and, and uh, Trent. Trent. Which is interesting because then they're fighting Rapungi mm, again, the new, the but new the one. new one this year. And this I, time it was Young something Bucks about won. the the selling of the back and everything. I thought the story which was, was really cool. I really liked that, but I I just I thought it was a great show. I just felt it was so it met my expectations exactly where I thought it was going mm-hmm. to be. Which is weird because, you know, singling out the two Kenny Omega matches, the Kenny Omega match last year, with all the momentum he'd built, because he'd gone from being a junior heavyweight to being a heavyweight to kicking out AJ Styles, becoming the leader of the Bullet Club, to becoming Intercontinental Champion, to winning the G1, to all, all all those things, Kenny Omega had such momentum. So then when he fought Okada, it felt like... The expectation was that this was going to break expectations, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. There was there was unbelievable hype for Kenny versus Okada. So then when it exceeded the hype, arguably, it still didn't... It blew me away because it was supposed to blow me away. As opposed to this show where I, the, the Naito-Okada thing... I mean, I really love... I love Okada. Mm-hmm. I'm, ha- I'm one of the few that's happy that I was wrong that Okada retained. You had mentioned that... You want Okada to be champion forever. Yeah, I want forever. him to be a champion for another year. I don't find, I'm fine with it. But the story in the build, I feel, already happened when Naito beat Okada for the title last year or the year before. However long mm-hmm. ago it was when he beat him already. I thought that that was when Naito's time was. And so now it feels like they're kind of even. So there's no real changing of the guard, even if Naito had one. In my, and that's my opinion. And then the, the Omega Jericho, which is what I'm getting at, is that though I love Chris Jericho... The expectation was not that it was going to. The the, the expectation was lower than it was. The it was for me year. too. Yeah. So so the show was great. It just it just felt like it just hit every beat that I thought it would. Oh really? So, so I I just kind of feel like once once it was over, I kind of felt like yeah, 
That was an amazing show. I wasn't blown away by it, if mm. that makes sense. I mean, if you look at match quality overall, last year, obviously. Yeah, but I mean, but that's the thing is if that you this just, year wasn't... I thought no, no, the, no, no. Uh, the, the IWGP Junior you, Heavyweight title match from this year was amazing. The yeah, Fatal it was really good. was really great. Um, but if you just take just match quality for just matches, and I'm not talking about storyline or anything invested into it. Yeah. 11 had better matches overall, I feel. Yeah. This show had a better flow as a show, it I did. think. The, they're both, what, four, five-hour-long shows, and yeah. neither of them feel like they're that long. And I stayed up to watch it. Oh, did you? I watched it no, live. I didn't watch it until the next day. Which was a taxing endeavor in and of itself. You have to start watching it, one, if you want to watch the, the pre-show about a royal, and it wasn't over until 6, 7 in the morning. Yeah. I woke up at like... was getting up to go to work. I woke up again. at like 7 and watched the, the battle royal. Yeah. And that was it. And then I watched the rest of it that night. The only match, and this is, it's terrible to say, the only match that I was... It wasn't that I was disappointed in, but I wasn't like, uh, you know, like I wanted to be really over the top about it, but I wasn't. It was a Tanahashi match. Again, that was Jay White had, and I've, you know, we've seen Jay White wrestle in Ring of Honor. Right. He's a very capable talent, but he's also an investment for the future. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'm glad that they didn't have him go over. To the bullet. The way you were saying is that they should put a rocket on his back and shoot him. Oh off. yeah. And I yeah, don't yeah. like. I don't like any time they put a rocket on anybody's back unless I've seen them giving track. They did. Arguably, they put a rocket on AJ Styles's back because he came in, challenged for the title, and then at the next show won the IWGP title. But that was AJ Styles, who was an established veteran wrestler for years, and also was just. It's AJ it Styles. Was, but it was still weird that they kind of just took Finn Balor out and just went, well, we're just we're just swapping out Finn and putting in AJ and just not at, and then just going to pretend like that's fine. But then it worked. I think that it could have easily not worked. So I get the idea of not wanting to do that with Jay. And now he's in chaos, I believe, because he turned down. He turned down the Bullet, Bullet Club. Club. So let's, let's back up a little bit. How do you feel about the, the Jericho and Omega match? I loved it. I loved that match. I thought it was better than I pictured in my head. I want to say so for WrestleMania 16. I, I go on a road trip to WrestleMania every year, and we usually, or I will insist on a very wrestling heavy playlist of music to play while we're going there, and that or we'll listen to podcasts. And I like to listen to Jericho's podcast. I think he has one of the best ones, other than ours, of course, and. What he often does is he will promote Fozzie by playing whatever single is out mm-hmm. to promote that. And at the time, during one of those road trips, every single show I listened to, he was playing the song When the Lights Go Out, which is now perpetually stuck in my head. And it was the only Fozzie song I ever really liked because I just I just liked that song for whatever reason. But I never really liked Fozzie's just not my my cup of tea. It's not I don't dislike Fozzie, but they've never been a band that was the kind of music that I generally listened to. So when Jericho was announced to be coming out, to be wrestling at Wrestle Kingdom, I knew first, obviously he's going to come out to a Fozzie song. Just because why would you not come out to your own music? And how badass that would be. But I didn't expect to think it was as epic as it was. Man. Light up jacket and everything, man. Light up jacket with the scarf. And that song Judas, for whatever reason, is just a perfect song for him to come out to. And now I find myself like excited. I want to go see Fozzie because uh, just because of that moment. Next month, right? Yeah, he's coming yeah. to the House Blues in New Orleans. The but the point is that I I would I've always wanted to go see Fozzie because it's Chris Jericho, and I would just tolerate 
the, the music. The music, yep. but I really just wanted to see Chris Jericho be supportive of him, not an interest in his actual, <laughs> in the actual songs. And there's something about wrestling. I just really like theme music. I like listening. You know, the idea of the song being associated with whatever thing. So listening to that song on its own, because I had already heard it, I didn't like it. But then listening to Chris Jericho coming out with it, now I think it's the most epic song and think that I, I, I'm excited to go see Fozzie and hopefully he'll play that song, which is their new single. Because Jericho, because Jericho has never has. Where are you going with Well, all Jericho this? has had the same song for years, yeah, I yeah. guess is the point, you know, other than maybe comparing it to Macho Man Randy Savage, who had Pomp and Circumstance, which is a public domain theme. So when he went to WCW, they could use it. So he's his he was one of the only wrestlers that was in WWE had one song, and then when he went to another company, got to use the same song. And when wrestlers have such a certain theme, it's so associated with them. It's hard to picture them without that music. And that was something that came that came to mind because Jericho is one of the few guys that's had the same theme song for so long. He tried to change his song in WWE a couple times, and it never worked. There's like odd pay-per-views or shows where they get somebody to play and then you go nah doesn't work and then get something out so jericho wrestling in another company felt so wrong because he's been in wwe for over 20 years that it felt like i didn't expect to hear him playing one of his like you know stupid you know his own band song and think that it felt epic it was always gonna i felt i was expecting to not like it he was gonna come out i don't know why he's still wearing trunks and not pants I thought it was a very bold choice to turn 40 and then stop wearing pants and start wearing trunks. And I still, but that's the point is that he's wearing this jacket and then he's wearing trunks under them and and with his thigh sticking out, which is silly, but it works for whatever reason. I don't know why Chris, everything about Chris Jericho arguably shouldn't work. The scarf, all of it, his headband that he has to wear because he's growing his hair out long, Mm -hmm. you know, but he comes out and it just felt so epic. Like I was blown away at how much it worked. Because the whole time I kept thinking, I don't know, this could be disappointing. I was I was preparing to be disappointed and listen to Jericho say on his podcast, I thought it went great, even though no one else does, and expecting, you know, a match that would be maybe two stars if you want to get into like that was my base. It's like two? as long as they get two, mm-hmm. it'll be fine. I thought they were just gonna be just punching and kicking and doing and not doing much else. So I was blown away. Poor, I guess our poor kidding. I wasn't blown away, but I, I I was blown away that I that it met what should have been the standard for the match. You know, I, I put my expectations really low because mm-hmm. I didn't want to be disappointed because the idea of Chris Jericho wrestling New Japan should be awesome. Well, he wrestled Neville a few years ago. At a, uh, they did that Brock Lesnar in Tokyo special. Yeah, yeah, I remember that. And he fought Neville. And I remember feeling like Jericho looked gassed during that match because he was trying to he was wrestling a Neville mm. cruiserweight pace. And he hasn't wrestled matches like that much since. You yeah, know? when's the last time he had like a? Well, how long was this match? Thirty-five minutes. Something like that. Yeah. yeah. How long? When's the last time he had a thirty-five minute match? I don't know. I mean, he had the, his matches with, but that was kind of point. And then he had his rivalry with AJ Styles. They had their WrestleMania match, but none but of those they were matches not were real. Minutes. But then, but then they also kind of left a lot to be. I mean, I've rewatched it. They're not bad. Yeah, they're not bad. They're Chris Jericho matches, but which know, aren't bad. But they're not like. But you're not like I want to go read like that was awesome, mm-hmm. which is what I wanted to feel from something this epic. You want Chris Jericho? You don't want Chris Jericho to go to Japan for the leave WWE for the first time and do anything short of that was awesome. Mm-hmm. But I didn't expect it to. He had that Robert with Dean Ambrose with the the lunatic oh, yeah, stuff and all that, stuff, and that was kind man. of like eh. 
And then even when he fought Kevin Owens this last year, which I was, that was my favorite match going into WrestleMania last year. And again, it felt kind of like it was just there. Mm. And that's not bad. It's just, I don't want to feel like that about Chris Jericho. And, you know, so I was, I was concerned about it. You know, everyone was excited about Kenny versus Jericho and Kenny, if maybe as good as he is, just because he can have a good match with anybody, including a nine-year-old girl or a broomstick, which is true that, I didn't. I didn't even want it to be. I said it below that because I didn't want to be disappointed, even if it was just okay. You know, I wanted it to be awesome. So it was awesome. It was awesome. Thank you for answering my question. Yeah, that was that was kind of long. I like Chris Jericho. Well, it's just you know he was one of my favorites as a kid. But even yeah. when I was a kid, he always he's kind of a middleweight wrestler. You know, uh, his peers Benoit, who's such a technical wrestler. Right, right, right. Jericho's not. He's not a full ten bar on anything but he's strong in all categories which kind of sometimes when he was for in his first run when he before he cut his hair short he was kind of kind of in the middle even mm-hmm. though he beat stone cold in the rock his original undisputed title reign was not really received well you know he never felt like a main event kind of guy even when he was a main eventer for whatever reason because he didn't have any of these I guess arguably blow away matches, which is not true. He had them all the time. Yeah, it just felt time, like he yeah. didn't, you know. I mean, his stuff with Shawn Michaels is awesome. But, but see, but that's yeah. later though. That's what yeah, I'm saying. Is, is, later, like, is, bef- yeah. is before is that he grew into this this guy that his 2009 to 2010 run, 2008 to 2010 run was his best ever. Yeah. His stuff with Shawn Michaels, and then he did this. I thought, which is underappreciated, is his stuff with Rey Mysterio the next year. Oh yeah, I forgot about when all he that. was obsessed with taking Rey Mysterio's yeah. mask off. The Omega match, it was... I don't know what I was expecting, but what I got was way more than what I was expecting. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. It's like, I don't... But that's the thing, is that Jericho... Kenny has become where he's expected to have the greatest thing mm-hmm. ever. Yeah, yeah. Which is a ridiculous standard to put upon and, yourself. Yeah. He put that on himself. Poor Kenny, too, because I don't know if you watched it. Um, I think it was in the Being Elite episode uh two or three ones ago mm-hmm. it was right before so young bucks are dressing kenny omega yeah and kenny's is this zoned out with anxiety yeah and being stressed out you I can bet. tell you can just see the look on his face of just being like i don't i don't he looked like somebody that you would look at and be like man that dude doesn't know what he's doing yeah like he's that stressed out and that zoned out and the ability just to walk through the curtains and just turn it on like that mm-hmm. And have a match like that is mind blowing. And his Stargate outfit. And his Stargate outfit. And <laughs> he actually talks about the, that on the Chris Jericho podcast. Yeah. Um, he had this whole plan about an apocalypse, X Men apocalypse. Oh, okay. Um, thought process to the costume. And he wanted a movie to get played where he's walking through Japan. And as he walks through, all the people, as soon as they see him, they bow down. He's the god of wrestling. Okay. Um, and then he wanted That's extras, very, uh, yeah. extras in the ring that would bow down to him whenever he got into ring. So it wasn't supposed to be Stargate. It was supposed to be the god of wrestling. Okay, yeah. New Japan completely dropped the ball, didn't hire nobody, and didn't get the movie made in time. So he's like, then I just That's to... weird. Why yeah. would that... I hear about stuff like that all the time. And he's like, it, it's just like one of those weird New Japan things where you would think it's the one of the main events for the show he gets told there's no time to get it done so he's like oh man that means other people okada has like this big grand entrance or something like and that then no, though. and then nothing he's like why wasn't that not made he had it? pants 
Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he didn't have those things he was well, wearing. Um, and then the main event of the night was Okada and Naito. It was fine. That's... See, you shouldn't say that about it. Was fine, it, it was fine, though. It was good. It, but it was not as good as some of the other matches the in the match, card. The, Omega I... and Okada, I mean, uh, Omega and uh, Jericho match was better, and the four-way for the junior weight match was better. The story of both of those matches was better. Yes. And the reason is because the story they were trying to tell in the Naito Omega Okada match, I feel they already told, and they told it better when they wrestled previously for the title. The last right. time they fought for the title. This felt... I was happier with it once... I saw that Okada won. Like I felt uh, the match. Yeah, I, I felt too. the match was a better match once I saw that Naito wasn't winning, and that seems like a harsh thing to say. It just it didn't feel like the flow was catering to a Naito win. It felt too balanced. Mm-hmm. And if it's and if it's the balanced, if it's a balanced fight, the champion should win. You know, I guess, or like it should he should retain the belt because the guy isn't better than him. If anything, they stalemate. It felt like a stalemate kind of a match. It was. For whatever reason, it just didn't feel like it had the momentum. It didn't have the story, the draw that the previous show had with Kenny. Kenny was a very different story where it just felt like everything in this year has led to this moment of Kenny finally becoming champion. And then he didn't, which was crazy. The the Naito thing felt like, oh yeah, we should have been, we should have been. It felt like everything has been about Kenny, and then Naito was slowly kind of unsuspectingly building up to it. But it didn't feel like that because he'd already won his belt. He kind of already had his moment. And I don't like that. But I'm much more excited about what they're doing that of a Naito-Jericho I don't. I don't know if that's even going to happen, but... But I would be more interested in right. that. Right, yeah. I agree. I like the idea of I think them doing something different. I think different they don't pissed them. off enough people with the Okada thing that I think they're going to give the belt to Naito sometime this year. I don't know why. Yeah, I, that's, I, I that's want them to stick with I this. I think that they need to stick with it. I think the idea. I mean, of... Okada is getting booed now at all the so? events. Well, uh, that happens... Naito is getting cheered. They were cheering mm-hmm. him, and Naito was even kind of like, "This was the night after." So it's basically the night after New Japan Wrestle Kingdom, they basically yeah. have a Raw after WrestleMania mm-hmm. event. It's always a house show that's there. Um, so this is where they start setting up all their storylines for the next coming year. Uh, Jay White turned down the Bullet Club. Uh, they set up Cody versus he did a, he, Omega. He didn't just turn it down. He he falsely accepted. Yeah, he did. He, did. Like a, he did a DDP thing. The DDP yeah, thing, yeah. 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 Um, nice. <laughs> they were losers. Um <laughs> Cody attacked Ibushi, and Omega yeah, came out and to yeah. protect Ibushi, which was kind of cool. So they set up them two having a match, where I think we're going to see on WrestleMania weekend, by the way. It's got to be that, or the, I guess they could be building long-term to the Bullet Club show. Yeah, yeah. Which yeah, would make right, sense yeah. to have a two Bullet Club guys head against each other as the main event. Cody oh, yeah, versus yeah, yeah, Kenny that's would right, make that's sense right. for yeah, the all-in all all show. In, for the all-in show. Um, they set up... Um, Tanahashi and Suzuki, mm-hmm. um, and then I know Okada basically gave a awesome speech too yeah. about he's your champion. You might not be happy with him yeah. standing here, but he's happy to entertain everybody. The... Which he was super Okada, like real Okada too, where he's just a really humble dude. Yeah, which was kind of awesome. I like that's why I like Okada now. He... Well, it's not impossible. They did it in the you know notoriously bruno sammartino was champion for years and was and never wavered as a baby face but wrestling is so much more visible and they do so many more shows and they they wrestle in so many more places now that the idea of having a long-term champion as a baby face the whole time is not feasible you can argue they did it with john cena because people were booing john cena from Mm -hmm. his first title reign but 
I don't think there's anything wrong. That just means they need to turn Okada more full on heel. Yeah. I always kind yeah. of thought that he already was heel. Yeah. I don't know why. It's the weirdness yeah. of like uh, New Japan yeah. where everybody's like. Kind of both. It's like Suzuki and her group of people. Suzuki Gun is heel. Or heels. heels. And that's really <laughs> yeah. the only people you can really, really pinpoint and go, oh, that dude's a heel. And yeah. you can tell. Like the oh, Bullet man, Club you know, are technically a heel group, yeah, but, but they're not. They're so not. is LIJ. They can't. All the groups feel like they're all heel groups. How can Chaos and LIJ and Bullet Club. And I want well, to uh, back up too, because Suzuki and Gato. Mm-hmm. Matt Gato. Gato? Gato. Ruka Gato. Yeah. Uh, match from. Russell yeah, their, their never open weight match was really was good. was amazing. Well, Suzuki is really good at hitting people really in ways hard. that make you very upset. <laughs> yeah. It's hard to not feel sympathy, sympathy for anyone yeah, that, yeah, that yeah. Suzuki's really letting into. He's such a supervillain. He really is. He looks is. so evil that that combined with him just hitting someone really hard, you're like, oh, man. But again, I said it on the last show that I I can't get on board with Goto. Yeah, oh, really? I it's want just, to. Yeah, I still like him. Um, I don't like his baggy pants. I was hoping he would lose... So you shave so his head. So they would do something nah, different. With it was him. it was way it was cool how they did the shaving of the head. Yeah. But Gato Gato uh, needed the story change. I think more than what Suzuki did. I think we talked about that in the last episode. I wanted to say about Okada. They if people are booing him now and cheering, booing, who? cheering booing Okada and cheering for Naito now, it means that people care. And that's not a bad thing. It's if I agree. It's if people come and they're not showing up at the shows and they're doing apath and there's and they're feeling apathetic. I think keeping Okada champion long term and doing what they did with Randy Savage and what they did with Sam Punk, where you're you're champion for so long that your character does different changes and does different arcs in your title reign is always really good. If you if and I think Okada's good enough to be the kind of guy that is champion so long. Like, to go over the line, where he's at the point now where you expect the next title match he has for him to lose, which loses all dramatic, you know, value to it. He should have lost, arguably, in my opinion, to Kenny last year. Mm -hmm. The fact that he didn't means they've already missed the point where they should have, so now they're just steamrolling ahead, where they're like, well, they'll... You want to get to the point where you feel he's never going to lose lose the belt. And that's a long-term investment, but I think that seems like what the... It feels like the story is, to have it where... No one's going to be able to beat Okada. Like the Asuka thing, which is kind of floundering, but that, that same kind of sentiment of so unstoppable that you almost go into... Uh, what's, what's the... Uh, Complacency. Cruise control yeah. about it, where you just assume he's not going to win, and then you then build somebody else, and then yeah. he finally does. I yeah. think is, is more interesting. It's, I, it's I a agree. long-term plan. It's bold, and I, people are, are, are saying that because it feels like they're... I guess he's being shoved down people's throats. But I don't know why. It's not like even if he lost the belt that he's not going to be a he's top not going to be the anymore. top guy anymore. Yeah, that's the exactly. thing is that he's he's earned his place. That if he it's lost like it, bitching he'd get about it back. Roman, like Roman, even if they st- took all his belts away, he's still going to be the top guy. Yeah. So what difference? Well, see, it make? my my I've never disliked Roman as a performer. I dislike the way they use him. It's about the story. If you do the story well, it's different. If you have the story where Roman beats everybody and people start to turn on him, you should have a story in place acknowledging that and not directly ignoring what's happening. The, when they finally started saying Roman doesn't care what people say, that's when I started to be like, okay, I can get more on board with this. It's for that first year when they would blatantly ignore the fact that people were booing him. When he won the Rumble, they, they acted like that wasn't even a thing. 
All right, we're going to go ahead and take a break. Uh, we're going to come back and talk about, since we didn't get to do this in the last two podcasts, favorite matches of 2017. We'll be right back. Are you troubled by a lack of common interest in your social sphere? Do you experience feelings of nostalgic sentiment in your day-to-day life? Do your family or coworkers not understand your quotes, quips, or references? If the answer is yes, then don't wait another minute. Pick up the phone and download the nerdiest professionals in the galaxy. Somewhat Nerdy Radio. Our nerdy and informative hosts are available 24 hours a day on your favorite podcast app to fill all your super nerdy needs. Good Good journey, nerds. Download and subscribe Somewhat Nerdy Radio, Future Flicks with Billiam, and Nerds of the Squared Circle on iTunes, SoundCloud, your favorite podcast app, or stream us at somewhatnerdy.com. Good journey, nerds. Do you ever wish there was an easy way to find out what movies are coming out without having to go through the pain of Googling it? And did you ever wish you could get some random nerd's opinion on those movies? Well, your wishes have come true. I'm Billiam from Somewhat Nerdy, and I have a new podcast called Future Flicks, where I talk about every movie that's coming out during the week, and I throw in some opinions, facts, and even the occasional recommendation. So check out Future Flicks on the Somewhat Nerdy Podcast Network. Are you keeping up with any of the TNA stuff that's been going on? Yes and no. I've been keeping up, quote, unquote, uh-huh. with TNA stuff for the last 15 years. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And oh, I've, we're back, by the way. And yeah. I've seen so much to dishearten and crush my soul and, <laughs> and hurt my dreams. Well, hopefully everything's going in a new direction there. They've... Okay. I... If you want to believe that, I like Don Callis. I know that I like he's Don in Callis. charge now, and so, I, know I like that, Don a lot. You know, Team Team Canada all the way. If they can get Lance Storm in there, I'll start watching. Lance Storm will definitely be involved at some time yeah, or another. That'd be that would be awesome. Which is weird though, because I didn't think it was awesome at the time. I would have never thought. I would have never thought that these people in charge would be something that means I'm excited for I'm it. Excited yeah, yeah. now, but it, that's where we're at. Where I just feel anything pause, anything different means it could be good but i've i've been they need to let tna die and just they're never they're never gonna let it die pick up something new what i was hoping was gonna happen and i think that's kind of what i'm hearing has happened it's basically a reset button which is good on a lot of stuff so well they're losing a lot of well they're not losing a lot of guys they're losing bobby and ec3 ec3 which are mainstays there uh is coming in um square ring which is but already I mean, a plus. You know, WWE's already in, you know, the guys topping WWE right now are Samoa Joe and AJ Styles and yeah, Bobby Roode. TNA guys. So all the guys that I think of when I think of TNA, other than Austin Aries, who's back, yeah, are not in TNA. So they have that aspect of feeling fresh in terms of the mainstays, the pillars of TNA. And they don't have Hulk Hogan. And they haven't had any of the... A lot of the worst parts about it, they've been free of for a while. The last year hasn't been bad. I just, it's hard for me to invest in anything when I'm just kind of waiting for it to flop. I'm, I'm, yeah, I, yeah, I got yeah. one, I got one toe in the pool, and you know, Don's uh, on his podcast this week, which he does, uh, "Killing the Town" with Lance Storm. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's like, "This is not going to be an over." That's a really good podcast. It's not yeah, as good it, as it, ours, it's, but it's, it's really, okay. really good podcast. Right. <laughs> nice. Uh, he's talking about this is not going to be an overnight thing. This is long term. He's yeah. like, you know, six months from now will be more of a polished product but right yeah. now it's just building that brand back up 
Yeah. Um, they're they're shooting at Universal again. That's a weird. It I've, is such I've, a weird just where you're just grabbing random people out of the park. They've always done that. WCW did that. Yeah, yeah, they did. And a few years ago, I went to when TNA had they hadn't done, they hadn't filmed there for a while, and it was I was at Universal Studios just on vacation. Coincidentally, when they were going to start filming there again it was back when T, uh, it was right at the end of Kurt Angle's run. Okay. So he was champion. Um, Eric Young was there. You know, they're all in WWE now. But I had never been to a show. And I, you know, you just go and you get a free. You're at Universal Studios. You just go to the front box office and you say, hey, is this where I get TNA tickets? And they just give you a voucher. And then there's a studio, which I wish I had gone to Universal Studio when I was a kid and got to see Double Dare and Legends of the Hidden Temple and Keenan and Cal and things like that. But I lament. the. But so you're there. And I'm a wrestling fan, so I know who all these people are. But people are constantly getting up and leaving like they're at a show at Universal. So yeah. it's a lot of hardcore wrestling fans who live in the area who always are kind of up like on Like season front. pass guys. There are people yeah. that have season passes and people who just, you know, they're wrestling fans in Orlando. It's, it's a good mm-hmm. space for wrestling fans. But the tapings last like a whole day afternoon kind of thing where they're there for hours. So... While the hardcore fans stay, most of the it's like the, the the people are changing every hour just because people will only watch a show for so long. If they're not, you know, fans of it, they just get up and they go to the bathroom or they go get something to eat or they just go. We're at Universal Studios. I'm not going to spend all day watching one show, even if it's a good show, let alone if it's a this is okay, yeah, okay kind sure. of show. And I heard they also film things like out of order. Yeah, and it's confusing to the crowd. It's even very if you're not confusing. paying attention, so. And it's it's also just it's you know I was I didn't like it even though I knew what was going on when I was a kid and I would go to SmackDown and something would happen on SmackDown where the two where they would film Sunday Night Heat before mm-hmm. that's going to air on that Sunday and then sometimes they will quote unquote build to that show by having some lower card guys getting a scuffle on the show and then they'll advertise well because they fought they're gonna fight this sunday on sunday night heat and we in the audience are like oh but they already did that and we already know who won it's like that feeling for the whole show so it's i don't like the energy as a as an audience member so yeah anyway that's so that's DNA. not that's not I'm a gonna, good sign i'm gonna keep up with it now that's um, my my sense it's gonna on be that. on twitch a lot of it's gonna be on twitch oh, wow. uh i think they're partnering up with them so they're gonna have their own twitch channel I think today, while we're recording this, they're doing the Bob Wire match on there because they couldn't show it on TV, apparently. Okay. So, well. there you go. So, anyway, let's go on to our favorite matches of 2017. It's we're going to kind of go through, and go through some of these pretty quickly. but um, It was a good year, 2017. Yeah. I'm a little upset that... It, I mean, it stands out to me because we've been doing this podcast. Yeah. We started at the end of 2016. So basically, the beginning of 2017 is what I always like to say. So I've known you for, for a about year, a year. A little over a year now. It's been fun. I enjoy talking. You're who I talk to about wrestling now. Yeah, you're pretty much the only person I talk to yeah. about wrestling. I Other miss, than my wife. You know, there's the dude with the headband who was with us for a while. He had some good insight. And Vern. The wrestling is so weird. There's so much wrestling that I feel like it's too much. I almost am upset at how much wrestling there is. Cause I, it's impossible not, to watch everything right now. Well, it's also when I was a kid, you had no, I had no access to anything. I had the internet, but we had crap internet, so I couldn't watch. I technically could have watched YouTube, but couldn't because it would buffer and and stall and 
you know, reset so often that it wasn't worth it. And then before that, you'd have to just, if you didn't have it available at your local Blockbuster or some other kind of tape trading thing, if you didn't know anybody who was into wrestling, which as a kid I didn't, I knew a few kids, but they were also as novice as me. They didn't have access to anything and they didn't have any money. So I couldn't watch it. I watched WWF and I guess occasionally ECW, occasionally WCW. And then once those folded, I would watch late at night TNA would run. Mm -hmm. And that was back when TNA was awesome. When with the X division, Samoa Joe and AJ Styles and all of them had first started, it felt like guerrilla anti WWE feel wrestling, but that was really it. And then as I got older, I started, you know, I was able to order stuff online, but then I still was poor. So it was limited to what you could afford to buy. Now, while you have the network, you know, which is paying for something, it's $9.99 to watch all of this wrestling. You got WCW and ECW and Mid-South and all these other old wrestling federation. And then you can look up literally anything online. And then most wrestling promotions have uh, a Vimeo account now mm -hmm. where you can pay for their subscription stuff. It's hard to keep up with everything. I'm expected to know so much just to talk about what we talk about on this podcast, which is not even scratching the surface yeah. of everything that's yeah, out there. I know. You know, just to keep up with New Japan, Ring of Honor, TNA, which we almost never talk about, Ever. and WWE is a lot. WWE alone runs three shows a week every week. Yeah, because, I mean... WWE we talk about every week and sometimes I don't watch the shows that week. Yeah. Cuz it's just I, I don't have time. But I, and I think it's affecting the product. It, it's the same with movies. I don't I don't I don't like this whole playing to an audience that we know is going to be like not paying attention, I guess. You know, this people have a 10 minute time span of of window was why every YouTube video is as long as it is even mm -hmm. though they can be much longer. You know, most people listening to this podcast hopefully have not tuned out. But if they did, I wouldn't. It do, I don't think it's a it's a knock on us. I think it's, it's the attention span of people. People's attention span has gotten so much shorter that people don't. You can't watch Raw the way you used to, even if you wanted to. Because when you used to watch Raw when it was two hours, it wasn't just that it was two hours. It was that was all you had for wrestling that whole week. Yeah, yeah. You know we're having a four hour Raw coming up, huh? Is the twenty fifth anniversary four hours? Four hours? It's four hours. Oh my god. Four hours. I didn't realize that. It's four hours. Well, I was just thinking they were announcing all the people for the show. Like, how are they going to fit everybody How are they going to fit yeah. everybody on there and also fit on the main roster of people? All right, let's go ahead and uh, let's list off some of our favorite matches of the year in no particular order. 2017. Uh, which, what is your favorite match of the year? For 2017 was Cl Tony Storm versus uh, Miss Viper from the Mae Young classic actually i'm not even kidding that really was a really good okay. match uh i love tony storm i don't know why in particular i just really like her maybe it's because she's an aussie i don't know the it was a really good year personally my favorite match of the whole year was from chikara because i wasn't went to a chikara show while i was at wrestlemania weekend mm -hmm. and zach saber jr wrestled on almost every show i i coincidentally i go to a show and He's zach saber jr yeah. was there and then i go to another show and he was there so he kept showing up places, and uh, the guy who runs Chikara, who's got one of my favorite last names ever named Quackenbush, okay. is retired, semi-retired. You know, when you're a wrestler, you're never really retired. Mm -hmm. Ric Flair technically is retired, but then, you know, Jerry Lawler's retired, but he wrestles like every month in Memphis. Yeah, he does. That, But this guy's, you know, running his own company, but apparently he, and I didn't really know anything about him, was a 
was a wrestler and was a very technical based kind of style wrestler, very similar and attuned to Zack Sabre Jr. And I think Zack was supposed to have a match with another wrestler, but he got injured. So the way they substitute is that they had him have an impromptu match with Quackenbush, who he and then Zack Sabre Jr. said that like the way it was it was played out is that he Zack Sabre Jr. got on the microphone, said, I've never wrestled him before. I don't know when his last match will be, so I want to take this opportunity. Let's have a match. And then Quackenbush comes out. And the whole match is wrestled like they're friends. There's never a point where one of them like slaps the other and mm-hmm. they get angry. They wrestle with a smile on their face the whole time. And they wrestle a Zack Sabre Jr. style match in that it's okay. very hold, Technical. hold. And just no one's trying to get pinfalls as much as trying to just get someone in a hook, someone in a hole that they can't get out of. And then the other one just tries to get out of it. And, and then they break a stalemate. And I, and I, it's very British style. So it's not, I'm not going to fool myself to think that it was a novel match, but to me personally, it felt novel. And it was in, you know, an armory in Orlando with like, I don't know, 200 people mm-hmm. maybe there. And I was completely captivated. And I get, and I think it goes along again with what I was saying before about there's so much wrestling that now the things that really captivate me. It's got to be something are special things or that's different. Some, that's something different. Mm-hmm. And, for better for worse, I still love good quality wrestling. Not that this was bad wrestling. This was great wrestling. It's just Zack Sabre Jr. has stood out to me all year long because he wrestles so differently and looks so different. You know when you see him that he's not going to wrestle a strong style because he just does not look like a strong person his, because of his frame. His match from uh, from last year was to Tanahashi. But Tanahashi was so great. Amazing. All of his stuff in the yeah. G one, his stuff with Ishii. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and then even when he fought like Will Ospreay, who is the opposite of what the he opposite is. of him, and in an extreme, he's also one of those guys. They're both guys that feel very the indie style guys mm-hmm. that would have to acclimate strongly if they ever went to WWE. Like they would not be able to wrestle just their match. They have to start to be able to wrestle other people's matches. Zack Sabre Junior matches always feel like his match mm-hmm. he's calling the match because no one wrestles like that in the states so that match stood out to me a lot and then you know on the flip side of ones that people are more familiar with uh is the aj styles finn balor match from tlc mm-hmm. which just a, a great overall match of just watching two guys that i don't think worked that match out at all no yeah it felt it felt old school and then it felt like it was being called, called the, whole, while it was the going. whole match yeah also, the fact that it was improvised because it wasn't supposed to be Finn mm-hmm. Balor versus AJ Styles. It was supposed to be Bray Wyatt. That because AJ also was not on that brand, he was wrestling house shows or on tour with SmackDown in another country. Mm-hmm. You know that they didn't have, they just did not have time. I guess that is an aspect of why it feels so special is that it, you know that they didn't have any time to really go over it. But their their styles mesh so well. And then the inherent story of their New Japan history and things like that. And just both of them just being so good. Yeah. And then um, Finn giving AJ the, the strongest coup de gras I've ever seen him give anybody, mm-hmm. yeah. which was just awesome. So. Yeah. The, he's going to make his chest cave in like yeah. Chris Jericho or Kofi. <laughs> nice. The, uh, but then also just the story on that show, because Roman also was hurt. And so yeah, they put they Kurt, Kurt Angle. Angle. So the whole show, they kept showing vignette after vignette and video package after video package about hyping up that Kurt Angle was going to wrestle for the first time in however long, which I was worried about. I remember thinking, like, don't build this up if he's just going to come out in the Shield outfit, which mm-hmm. is what happened. And that <laughs> match was great, too. Yeah, it was, it was so, such a weird, silly match that 
but I was I actually really appreciated that they kind of it felt like they forgot about the Finn AJ match. Mm-hmm. There was not a lot of hype to it because it didn't need it. I think that it's similar to the Jericho Omega match this year where less is more. You don't have to do a lot. If people are already interested, stop. Right. Like you don't don't add extra. Just just leave it at leave it alone. And it was a rare case because they didn't have time to overdo it because they just kind of did it on the fly. It's similar with the the AJ Styles Brock Lesnar match from last year, which, which I thought was awesome. also yeah, awesome. Awesome, great match. Because it was. It's probably it's up there in one of my favorite Brock matches. Yeah. So. It, I Brock is such a good monster, and I understand the appeal of monster versus monster. That's that's always two giant bulls butting heads is interesting, but you know the tiger. You know, attacking the lamb is also, while horrible, it's something that you wouldn't be able to turn away from. It's a good story. You don't have, you can do Goliath versus David, and David versus Goliath, and it's not a a bad story. People will always understand that story, and for whatever reason, WWE doesn't like to do it. I was, I'm still upset that we never got a Daniel Bryan versus Brock Lesnar match. Mm -hmm. That's what it was supposed to be when Brock beat Cena. That was supposed to be Daniel Bryan. That I knew it was going to be the same thing. That he was going to throw. That Brock was going to throw AJ Styles around like a rag doll, and it was awesome. Yeah, those are uh, those are those are standout matches. I mean, when you know, when we years from now, when we say the year two thousand seventeen, you're going to think Okada Kenny Omega, Omega versus yeah, Okada. Yeah. Uh, there are three matches of the year. I it, I can't pick my favorite between them. It's weird. It's 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 a testament to how good the stories are that it feels. That same kind of irk I feel when I say that my favorite Star Wars movie is Empire Strikes Back, mm-hmm. where middle movies are usually better because they have de- established characters, so you can spend time developing them without wasting time introducing them. Yeah. That the second one, Empire Strikes Back in particular, is so strong. The Okada Omega second match, their hour long, their Broadway was mm-hmm. so great, and I don't, and I can't think of the last time a match went an hour long that wasn't an Iron Man match, right? Where there wasn't even a lot of stalling in it either. They no, were, they were it was go they were 100%. Pa- it was paced really yeah. well, but it's built on the back of their previous match. So how you know it's hard to pick a match when it feels like so much of why it's epic is built because of a match before yeah. it's similar to the the, the undertaker Shawn michaels match where i love that match i was there at wrestlemania 25 when that match happened but that match if you watched it without i like to think of matches when you don't know anything about it as truly being great where you can you don't have to know anything and it's still awesome whereas undertaker and sean that match is built so much on the reputation of them which is fine Whereas I think the third Okada, the Okada Kenny match, the third one where it's in the G1, mm-hmm. so it's the pace is so much faster because they have a time limit of I think thirty minutes or so, yeah. or, or or something Whatever like it was, that. Yeah. It's built on you know following up those other two, so they increases so it's a different match. But it also just they all stand on their own. If you didn't know, they're still good, mm-hmm. and I think that's important. You know. Uh, Noser, I mean, Kenny Omega's became my favorite wrestler over this year. Uh, Okada's, you know, not too far behind him. Um, those matches, it made me love New Japan in ways that I never thought I would be into another wrestling company like I am. So those matches are definitely on the top of my list. Then you got to the flip side of that was sticking with New Japan, Okada and Shibata from last year. Oh, God. The match, this being what it is, and then knowing what happened to Shibata after of it, that match that match still sticks out in my head. 
Um, and then you flip it to the other side of it, and I've been saying it on this podcast for a whole entire mm-hmm. ever since it happened. I know, and it hasn't that. changed at all. But a House of Horrors match, yeah, is my yeah. favorite thing that WWE did last year. I and that's no joke. Everybody keeps thinking I'm joking about it. No, it is literally my favorite thing that happened last year. So SmackDown this year was so weird. It really is. It it started at the Rumble. With John Cena versus AJ Styles. And that match was awesome. And that match yeah, was a really lot good. better yeah, than yeah. their SummerSlam match. That's yeah, one of my is. favorite yeah, matches yeah. of the year. I think WWE put that as one of their top matches of the year. You know, in my three, w- mm-hmm. three WWE matches I've mentioned are all AJ Styles matches. That's not an accident. The match at the Rumble I thought was better. Because the, the SummerSlam from 2016 felt like Cena does a move. AJ kicks out. AJ does a move. Cena kicks out. It was built on the idea of who's the more powerful superstar john cena or aj and then the psychology of the match wasn't really there there was more psychology in their royal rumble match and i think that might have to do with the fact that it was for the wwe title and aj styles was champion i don't know then the the elimination chamber match the next show was really good as well and that's where bray wyatt won the title he he beat aj styles and john cena and you don't remember that because of all the stuff that happened which culminated in what you're saying is the your favorite match of the year. It's an awesome House match. of Horrors match, which was between Bray Wyatt and then WWE champion Randy Orton. It was Randy Orton in that match. <laughs> <laughs> and the title was not on. I don't understand what happened with the, the booking of SmackDown this it's... year. It doesn't. And then the General Hall thing happened right after that. So the... And that's why Bray Wyatt won that match where he didn't become champion. It's because General Hall interfered and attacked Randy Orton. It's the ridiculousness of the House of Horror where they sat down and watched Final Deletion. Yeah. And were like, we need to do something exactly like that. Well, like they did the previous year when the New Day fought the The, uh, Wyatts at their compound. Compound. I like that a lot more. No, House House of of Horrors Horrors. is way better. I didn't like Bray Wyatt's wife beater. Oh, it's it's so Um, awesome. Let's watch that. I watched it today. It's the greatest thing I've ever seen. I'm going to put it on repeat in the room. We're what doing the podcast is this gonna play in the background from now on. You're not concerned about why the cameraman didn't put down his camera to see if Randy Orton was okay when he was flattened by the well, refrigerator. You, you can say that every time Braun flips over a, a I a, do a think car, that every time I watch and that. then when Vince McMahon used to get killed all the time. So I think that is it's the difference between I think Bray and Braun as characters mm-hmm. for whatever reason is that Braun is so larger than life that he does things that are so cartoony. Yeah. And they're cartoony. Yeah, and they really His are. His grappling hook on the stage was amazing. Like, oh, he just happens. Like, was he looking specifically for that grappling hook? Or did he find it and went, well, I know I could do some damage with this. And, and I don't know which one's more ridiculous to think. What's his new saying? You're going to get these hands. You're going to get these hands. <laughs> but people cheer because they want to see the ridiculousness of it. He's stone. Mm. They're booking him like Stone Cold yeah, they in the really sense are. that you don't yeah. know what he's going to do next. And they're next. putting the money into his his productions and stuff yeah. like they used to do with Stone Cold, like yeah. destroying stuff and everything like and, that, which but, I, I kind of appreciate a lot. But it's done with this kind of, I don't want to say comical tone, but it's a lighter tone. Like you never feel that these guys are really, he came out of the garbage uh, truck thing two weeks like later a, after like, he a, put like into a creature it. Yeah. out of the yeah. abyss whereas they try to play off that bray is like really spooky mm-hmm. and really evil mm-hmm. even though he's just as ridiculous and i think if they yeah a couple of years ago he stole the soul of um kane remember yeah and stole his power so if <laughs> so so if they so if 
if his stuff with Matt Hardy, which is it's it's a slow burn because mm. hopefully they'll build that to a WrestleMania match, and maybe they'll do a final deletion with Bray Wyatt at WrestleMania. That would be awesome. But the benefit I think of the whole feud, regardless of how the the Matt Hardy stuff, because I was never a big you know final deletion. I always thought it was silly. Oh, it's awesome that it was awesome but i didn't like start watching tna because of matt hardy i thought it was great no i didn't watch you know? tna at all i just so then, watched I mean, the matt the, hardy you know, stuff so then so. yeah exactly so you know i if if his silliness can infect bray wyatt where they treat him a little more campy mm-hmm. not that he isn't campy he's always been campy but his character is so serious and i don't think anyone takes him seriously because he takes himself too seriously mm-hmm. i think if he got a little more woken matt hardy like bray wyatt could do a lot better and i just feel bad that 2017 should have been the year of bray wyatt with the way it started when he won the elimination <sighs> yeah Chamber. i mean and you know look where he, he, he got sick so he didn't have to wear that makeup you know, Thank God. He's also getting divorced the stuff with jojo happened it was not a good year for him got meningitis yeah you know Hmm. it was a weird year so yeah those are some of our best matches of the year not um, the shield versus the, the shield got back together yeah no, you know that's uh, cool Bray, brock lesnar beat goldberg and it's been universal oh, you know, i forgot about the brock lesnar and goldberg match Stuff. the brock and not, goldberg from wrestlemania was a good match yeah it was short but it was it was exactly it was what exactly it what it should have been yeah I was gonna say, know what you what your audience expects of you and you should and deliver that and the pete the reason why I think New Japan feels like it's a better sh- promotion is because they know what they are. Is. Well, they know what they are, and they present what they are, and they just present a strong sample of what they know they are every time they do a show. WWE still feels like they're trying to to think of what they think the audience will want. Does that make sense? They're they're always trying. They're always catering to the people who aren't wrestling fans to get them to watch wrestling. And as hardcore wrestling fans. That we are. We have our own podcast talking about wrestling. We want them to cater to us. You want to go see a movie because you like... You want to go see a science fiction movie because you like science fiction films and you just want it to be a good science fiction film. You don't need it to be a movie for everybody. WWE is the Transformers of, of wrestling and that they want everyone to like some aspect of it when you really should just present a movie that a group of people would like. So, anyway um what are some that being of you said i thought the, they had some great matches throughout the year yeah though. yeah most definitely uh what how were some of y'all's favorite matches of the year i know we didn't name everything uh there's a lot from the uk tournament and all that other stuff the there's UK so many tyler good matches. bade versus yeah. uh every time pete dunn and tyler bade yeah Russell. it's kind of golden every time they and touch. i really think that the the may young classic was not was underappreciated i thought the cruiserweight classic was great and doesn't really get as much acknowledgement afterwards because of what's happened with 205 Live, right, unfortunately. Right. But the May Young Classic I thought was really, really good. If you didn't, if you didn't check out either of those tournaments, the Brit, the UK tournament or that, you should go check those out on the network. So let us know in the show notes page on somewhatnerdy.com or our Facebook page or our Twitter account uh, what some of your favorite matches of the year were, 2017. Velveteen was, Dream. Velveteen Dream. Yeah. Velveteen Dream was and that Alistair the Black. Oh, yeah. yeah, that was. That was the end of the year. That was yeah. a good match, too. DIY Man, so many... versus uh, the Authors of Pain uh, and the Revival. Yeah, yeah, that was a good match, too. That stuff in, or- in Orlando when the Revival hit their finishing moves with DIY, like each of them like yeah, yeah, trading yeah. off their own finishing with like half of the other team. <sighs> that was such a That was really that good. That was a good one. 
So anyway, um, that's our kind of our list. Uh, we'll be back next week with our predictions for the Royal Royal Rumble. Rumble. I love Royal Rumble, Tom. I'm so excited. I haven't it's been able to think about it. View, well, so. been the uh, the 25th anniversary of Raw's next. We've been talking about that too. I'm really excited about yeah. that. And Chris Jericho is going to be on that show. Yeah, so weird. So we'll probably talk about that next week too. So we'll talk about all that next week. So uh, join us next Friday as we release a podcast every Friday. Unless we're sick or stuck in a <laughs> snowstorm. Uh, everything's still frozen around here, so... It's crazy. I don't know how I'm going to get home. All right, nerds. We will see you next week. We've been your hosts. I am Starf Chris. This is Sam Kiss. And uh, uh, stay nerdy, people. Stay nerdy.